Hello, my name is Michael, and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. How do, dear friends, and welcome to episode 48 of Forever Sound Version. My name is Michael, and today, or tonight should I say, this is a bit of a late night session for me, um, I I have the distinction of being joined by someone who lives in the United States of America. Yes, the United States of America. We're doing some transatlantic podcasting right now. I have the dyad live and direct from Florida. How are you doing, Dyad? I'm doing so well and very happy to be here. Transatlantic indeed. Yes, it is. We've been wanting to do this for a little while, so uh, I'm really happy we could uh, we can make it work tonight. Uh, I'm very appreciative of... Uh, I- I'm kind of at fault for some of the uh, prolonged scheduling for this uh, here, so... I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. These things... We have to work around our real lives, do we not? Uh, this is this is a hobby, so it's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, I've been um, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I will admit, I do I do feel dare I say a little nervous. Actually, I'm a little <laughs> nervous about this one. It's 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 like good nervous, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's like looking into a video game podcasting mirror. <laughs> do you really think so? Because I think we do have uh, the rapport that we share. I, I do think we have similar 
priorities oh, VGM podcasting wise you think so kindred spirits at, at the very worst at least kindred spirits it's more likely more than that even I should hope so well let's test that shall we um, <laughs> would you um, would you mind uh, uh, telling telling my listeners I, I, I imagine we share quite a lot of listeners but uh, for anyone who is listening who hasn't heard your show before could you maybe tell them a little bit about uh, about your podcast the uh, the Diet presents yes so uh, Diet presents it's a a surprise surprise a video game music podcast that I have started to brand as edutainment. Um, mm. I pick a handful of tracks and um, I pepper some trivia, history, fascinating things to me, uh, whatever catches my interest at the moment and intersperse it between the tracks. Sometimes it's video game focused, but oftentimes it is not. Mm. Yes, uh, anyone who who likes a little bit of freewheeling esoterica in the best possible way i can i can really wholeheartedly recommend the diet presents uh long may it continue so what do you want to talk about the diet uh this do you want to talk about how the uh tracks are going to be divvied up so ah, to speak yes today? yes 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 so indeed that was that was your pick right at the top of the show and uh, so we're going to be alternating, basically single tracks. We're not doing we're not doing double features on this one. We're just going to be alternating. Um, actually, I've kind of got an idea of of uh, of a title for this this episode. I'm, I'm still oh. workshopping it, but I think I'd like to call it "Back to Back with the Dyad." Back to Back being a, a kind of a DJing term where two people are in the booth and they're. Uh, not necessarily alternating, but one's digging in the crates and the other one's playing them and they kind of share jobs. So it's a little bit like a brothers in arms sort of DJing situation. I think that's how we're going to conduct this one. Yeah. Uh, how does that sound to you? It sounds great. Gladly do I take that title. Good. Okay. Let's do <laughs> it then. Back to back with the dyad. Uh, yes. Uh, so that was your first pick. I'll be dropping one in due time. Uh, but for now, uh, what did you go with right there? What was that? What was that uh, beautiful tune? I had to bring the sen- sensual, bring the sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes from the game Cosmic Psycho. The track is called Neptune. It comes from the X68000. And this, uh, this track was composed by Baki, B-A-K-I. That's an alias, right? Like a block capitals type thing. That's right. Um... I actually this morning tried to do a little bit more digging around to see if I could find out who the who the the true man behind the alias was for Baki. But as far as I know, he or she is still unknown. Um, I even reached out to Electric Boogaloo, who does a lot of the research for the um, um, VGM jukebox guys on their ah, okay. episodes. Yeah, and we were kind of talking back and forth that there's a group of composers baki akira who's also known as muse and sometimes akira sato and uh ryo takami were all part of a group called the akira gumi sound unit okay but that is about as narrowed down as i could get it it doesn't seem that there's any any actual name tied to him unfortunately yeah even just even knowing that group, the whole thing still seems very anonymous, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Wow. I wonder. 
I wonder if they're still working in music or in the games industry. Yeah, these these questions keep me up at night, you know. <laughs>、uh, I agree because、uh, they could be turning out classics without knowing it. But、uh, I have a feeling that some of the、uh, you know secrecy has to do with the subject matter of the game, perhaps. Hmm. So, what kind of game are we dealing with here?、Uh, it is a Japanese、uh, adult game. Beautiful. Well, so why? <laughs> This doesn't surprise me in the slightest because、uh, I happen to know that you、uh, you do enjoy、uh, tracks from games of this sort, and、um, you you did a、uh, what do you call it? It's like a, a thesis defense dissertation. Yeah, right.、Mm-hmm. A dissertation that was on、uh, VGM Jukebox, another、mm-hmm. fine podcast, and、uh, had a brilliant title:、uh, W Sexy, like a radio station call sign, right? Right. That's right. Yeah,、uh, had I I like the、um, the Japanese PC soundtracks have the Japanese PC has a ton of adult games that、hmm. you know I've never owned a Japanese PC. I've never played a Japanese、uh, adult game, but the soundtracks that are available now, it's easy to just listen to the music, and、hmm. they are great undiscovered classics. It's criminal that they are not more well known. You're doing the Lord's work with unearthing these things. Honestly, there's some <laughs> absolutely tremendous soundtracks.、Uh, I will admit to emulating a couple of these games out of curiosity,、mm-hmm. and I can report that. I mean, my I've only very recently started learning a little Japanese, so I don't really know how to navigate them or anything. But uh, uh, I'm probably not going to be going back to too many of those.、Uh, they're a they're a strange beast. That genre is such a strange thing. Don't you think、yeah. we have no real equivalent in the West? No, definitely not.、Uh, it it'd be like, oof, we can't even. It's hard to fathom, isn't it? <laughs> right. There's there was pornographic playing cards. That's that's like the closest I can think oh, of. Oh, I've got one. So in the old, in the good old eight bit years, and the home computers over here, we did have、mm-hmm. uh, like strip poker games for systems like the Commodore sixty four, things like that. There you go,、uh, and they were released in the West, obviously, being from the Commodore sixty four. In fact, I'm pretty sure Rob Hubbard has done some music for. <laughs> I want to say Samantha Fox Strip Poker was composed by Rob Hubbard.、Uh, apparently, he needed the money.、Uh, pro- <laughs> that probably was the reason he did it. So maybe that's the closest thing we have.、Uh, and there is some kind of pixelated nudity involved, but nothing. And I do mean nothing like. Some of the things you might see in these Japanese visual novels, right?、Uh, I have, I have、uh, only <laughs> read, only read descriptions and and seen the occasional screenshots of、mm. what goes on in the dark corners of these games, but they're they're enough to amuse me、uh, yeah. just by seeing that much. Well, let's get into one of the descriptions of these games, shall we? Cosmic Psycho. I actually have the、uh, the synopsis right in front of me, and I thought. Uh, this is this is too good not to share. Cosmic Psycho.、Uh, Kazuyuki is just an ordinary Japanese high school student, or so he was before he saw a strange dream. In that dream, a girl was calling him from outer space, imploring him to help her. The next day, Kazuyuki receives a strange phone call, after which he finds himself on board of a spaceship. The girl from his dream appears and introduces herself. She is Marin, one of the members of a special squad that fights mysterious alien beings known as EX, 
Apparently her message through time went to the wrong recipient and now Kazuyuki is stuck in the end of the 23rd century, reluctantly helping the beautiful ladies of the assault team to fight aliens and perhaps engage in other more pleasant activities. <laughs> I swear to God that's what it says. <laughs> so is, is that fairly consistent with uh, what you expected? Uh, yeah, I think that is. I think that may be the exact description that I read myself. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. And I happen to know that this uh, this game includes a side-scrolling shooter element as well. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? I saw um, a, some screenshots of it and it looked actually pretty decent. It does I mean, look pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, as, as much as you can tell from screenshots anyway. It looked, uh, you know, the sprites are well done. Yeah, yeah, sure. So there is... Alongside the music, there does appear to be some quite considerable degree of artistry gone into this uh, this ostensibly trashy title. So, what about this tune then? Uh, this is a uh, is the whole soundtrack as good as this? I mean, this is pretty good, right? <laughs> I I um I have listened to a few tracks trying to narrow it down, but this one was just kind of a jaunty little. I, I thought it was a great kind of introduction to the the sexiness that the dyad needs to bring to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought it was the best fit, but the whole, the whole soundtrack is, is, uh, it's on point. No doubt. Yeah. That's, that bass is serious. That's a serious, serious bass line. Um, yeah, like I could, I could very happily dance to that. In fact, perhaps I will, <laughs> as this is playing in the background. Um, yeah, really, really nice pick. So you've, you've set the bar pretty high here. You got me. Not that we're competing. This is a collaboration, but exactly. If we were competing, I'd be I'd be sweating a little bit. But uh, do you think you do you think you're ready for for my first pick? Oh, I am very ready. Well, I've got something that I would like to suggest is uh, in the same sexy sort of ballpark up to a point. I've got a track from Street Fighter the movie on the Sega Saturn, so we're getting uh, some kind of Red Book Audio type deal here. And the track is for the character Kami. Uh, composer is unknown. Uh, bear in mind this is this is such a bizarre game. It's a game of a movie of a game. I don't believe that's happened too many times. And this is a game that I've been playing a little bit recently for research purposes and because uh, let's face it, I'm a glutton for punishment as well. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of brutal in a pit fighter sort of way. So uh, you're getting like digitized photos for the playable characters. Uh, all of the all of the characters, I believe, all of the characters from the film, the actors from the film are in the game, except uh, Raul Julia, the famous actor uh, who plays M Bison. I think it might have been his last role, actually, before he sadly died. Uh, he was too ill when they were making this game to participate. I don't think Blanca's actor is in it either. Uh, yes, the game the game's hilariously clunky, as you might expect. It was totally panned. Uh, but I've still... I've got a soft spot for it, because uh, I love I, I love some terrible films in the in the kind of mawkish cliched so bad it's good sort of way (laughs) and street fighter the movie is it's like quite near top of the tree do you know this film i i do and i remember gosh i think i remember seeing it in the theaters when i was well young enough not to know better 
Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a, since it was a video game movie, it was probably uh, acceptable for a wider audience. Probably, mm. I don't know if you're familiar with the rating system here, but maybe like a PG-13 or something uh, okay. like that, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. All right. Uh, so what do you make of it? Are you, <laughs> did you, uh, <clears throat> you enjoy it? or? I, I remember <laughs> being very disappointed by it. I, I was not. It was not like the game that I loved, and mm. uh, I can't even. I think I may have seen it for maybe my younger brother's birthday or something like that, and it was not my choice. And maybe do I need to go back and revisit it as an adult? Uh, I would, if you have the time to spare, and I, I don't think you do. Uh, you're a family <laughs> man and all that. I understand, but if you, yeah, it's good for a laugh. It's it's good for a a, a rainy day, perhaps. If you if you're in need of need of a few laughs uh you can very easily and readily poke fun at it uh there's a pretty good youtube documentary by a youtuber called kim justice who is uh-huh. from here in here in england familiar uh she yeah she's pretty good right yeah she did a a review uh, like a retrospective review of street fighter the movie and it's the level of insight is astonishing for such a such a poor action film uh, I, I do recommend that for any any listeners who uh who are interested in bad cinema uh, to the same degree that i am um <laughs> so i got it on dvd now so i can watch it whenever i please <laughs> anyway yes uh this is cammy's theme on the sega saturn street fighter the movie hope you enjoy it We just had Cammy from Street Fighter the movie on the Sega Saturn. How are you feeling about that one, Dyad? I feel I'm feeling jazzed. I'm feeling energized. Mmm. Got five Zeds on that jazzed. <laughs> yes, five at least. A lot of Zeds. Yeah, the more Zeds, the better. Uh, yeah, that was. It's a kind of a pity I don't have the composer for this. Perhaps I will do a little more digging, or someone can 
uh, someone can do some sleuthing on my behalf. Uh, I wouldn't mind hearing what else the composer has done, because uh, maybe it doesn't exactly scream one-on-one fighting. Uh, I suppose it. You, you get all sorts of different approaches to composition on fighting games, though, don't you? Yeah, there's there's been some new directions of I think fighting games in the you know the the Mega Drive and Super Nintendo era had a very more limited viewpoint on the music but then it started mm. to just sprawl and go any direction once right, you get a right. little bit later yeah they kind of doubled down <clears throat> on the idea that the track should represent the character's personality uh, right so in say Street Fighter 5 uh, the music's completely all over the place uh, which is great it, it moves around a lot uh, anyway yes uh, this is this is my favorite pick from uh, the soundtrack of Street Fighter the movie so I was just saying I was enjoying the bass lines on the tune that you picked at the top of the show. I think we're getting some more pretty cool bass action on this one. Working overtime, certainly. Oh yeah, overtime, no doubt. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of assuming the lead role. Uh, perhaps a lot of people would uh, wouldn't have the bass down as the the principal foregrounded voice in a composition for a video game, but it it does it here, I think, and the percussion part supplements it really nicely they kind of lock into this i know it's cheesy but it's a groove isn't it this is a this is a tight groove for me it is it is maximum grooving it is uh it's very catchy too it's just you have to start you start bobbing and moving when it comes on it it takes control <laughs> little restraint over there exactly yeah uh but then it's catchy but then it's it also has a a kind of a naughtiness to it with that like jazzy I'm saying again jazzy with five Zs or six mm-hmm. maybe uh, mm. jazzy guitar solo it, it's not just it's, I'm not saying it's aimless noodling but it does take you on a t- take you, takes you down some corridors that one takes you down sure. some alleys yeah um, I want to ask you a question are you um, are you familiar with Kylie Minogue the pop star <laughs> I am how familiar are you with Kylie Minogue probably not very oh okay well do you know that she played Cammy in the movie? Oh gosh, I did not remember that. Yeah, right. That's astonishing, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't even know she could act. Yeah, well, her first uh, what she was known for originally was acting in a soap opera, an Australian soap opera called Neighbours, uh-huh, okay. which used to be a, I don't know if it's still running, uh, but it used to be massively popular here in the UK. Uh, so she was an actor first, and then she uh, then she was made into a pop star, uh, where she was even more popular over here in the UK. Uh, she's kind of a kind of a national treasure, if you like, even though she's Australian. But yes, yeah, she played Cammy in the movie. So the character you're moving around, should you select Cammy on the game, that is that is a digitized Kylie Minogue you're throwing around the screen. Wow. And it occurred to me that maybe it would have been kind of fun and equally ridiculous if they'd selected a, a Kylie Minogue song to play <laughs> to play in the game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I, I wonder, I, I know only... I'm trying to think what her, her big song that made it over to the US was, because I, d- I don't know that there were many... But it's a name mm. that I know well enough that I have a contact in my phone who is t- titled in, in my contacts as Kylie Minogue. Oh, really? It is. Nice. I wonder which song that would have been uh, that got 
got over to the States? Could it have been, uh, I think Can't Get You Out of My Head uh, was a, a big hit here. I don't know if it was there. Uh, but then that's relatively contemporary because she was sort of a, a, like cheesy early 90s pop, right? I Should Be So Lucky is another one she had. Well, this is, I'm, I'm certainly not the target demographic, so maybe it's all kind of lost on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, check out Kylie Minogue. This, that, that's what England sounded like, <laughs> for my money. In the, to, to an extent, that's what a certain bracket of England was, uh, was kind of nuts for Kylie Minogue. So I just can't help but wonder how cool it would be if we had, uh, if we had pop stars, like a fighting game. Like a Smash Brothers type thing, but it was all '80s and '90s pop stars. And so, what what other uh, what other pop stars would fit in for the Street Fighter? Oh, uh, uh, let's. That's a good question. What about um, who would Guile be? I was just thinking, there's got to be a yeah. big dumb blonde American who could be Guile. I mean, Van Damme played him in the film, but he wasn't a pop star, was he? No, nor American, nor blonde. <laughs> You know that pop group Bros? I think the the lead guy from Bros could have he looks a little bit like Guile and he's I have no idea what that is. Yeah, all right. I'm I'm going to stop throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop throwing European nonsense at you. But yeah, that could be that could be something for the listeners. Uh which uh, which pop stars would you like to see appear in in Street Fighter? This, this should be good for all the folks in the UK. Mm. Yeah, right. But Just uh, <laughs> l- listening to me stumble over sound like a buffoon. Uh, you, no, you can you can get me back soon enough. Don't worry about it. Oh, all right. So let's move this on. Um, how about um, how about your next pick? What do you have? Uh, yes, I uh, have from the Commodore sixty four a track composed by uh, the master himself, Rob Hubbard, <sighs> from the game Chimera. The track is the title theme. All right.
That was the title theme from Chimera on the Commodore 64, and that game was released in 1985. That's a that's a really nice pick. Uh, so, what led you to pick this one? Well, uh, I wanted to play something from the C64 because it's my you know my pilgrimage. I'm coming to to a, a UK based show, mm. so I feel like I need to pay tribute by. <laughs> Offering something from the Holy Commodore. And this track was one of the first Rob Hubbard songs I ever heard. I originally was thinking about recommending the Nemesis Warlock, which was not only the first Rob Hubbard song I ever heard, but the first Commodore 64 song I ever heard. Oh. But it's uh, it's a little bit slow and plodding and not... I wouldn't say it's a super great podcast song, I got but you. it is a great track. I understand. So this was uh, possibly maybe the second one I ever heard. Yeah, you can do a lot worse. Uh, you can do a lot worse for early, uh, early experiences of the Commodore 64's SID chip. Yeah. Uh, do you know much about the the game Chimera? No, I know nothing about it. I've only I've only experienced the music. Right, right. It's um, it's certainly of its time. So around the around the mid eighties, there was a spell where uh, this isometric view action adventure game was mm-hmm. was really quite popular here in the UK uh, games uh, on the spectrum as well actually on the ZX spectrum titles like uh, Night Law Chimera uh, is another such game where uh, the setting is a, like a hostile spaceship which you have to uh, survive in and you have to make it self-destruct before it attacks Earth so there's some real urgency about it um, it's it's pretty uh, pretty highly regarded, uh, and I, ma- I imagine that Rob Hubbard's music is uh, a s- substantial part of that. I mean, how could it not be, right? Uh, this is a this game had a fan made port for the Atari eight bit family of computers in 2015, and I um, I featured the Atari eight bit Pokey Chip version of this very same tune right. on my Atari eight bit Focus episode a little while back. So this tune, don't get, don't worry, this is completely legal for this episode. But <laughs> this tune has the distinction of being the only tune to technically appear twice on this podcast. So, uh, and why not? It's it's really nice musically, isn't it? It it's uh, it's really nice and unique. I think this is not a sound that you hear very often in games i don't think that's fair yeah um so i think the the really rapid uh, modulating arpeggios is a nice touch uh, there's there's a lot of talk about <clears throat> western composers of this period using the the fast arpeggios thing sure the fast arpeggios technique to play chords but in this instance it's almost like a textural device isn't it like it sort of hangs in the air yeah, it gives it a sort of floating, magical feel. Mm. Um, if if you hadn't just told me that it takes place on a spaceship, I would have certainly pictured some sort of fantasy setting, you know, swords and sorcery, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know, I just get a very... It, to me, it conjures like a light, airy, cloud-borne something. It's just a... It, it, it has a very, different, a very different touch to it than what I would expect to hear from a title screen of a video game yeah yeah i think i i think i'm with you on that one and um it's also 
uh, somewhat atypical of what Rob Hubbard normally did on the C64. It does have a mm-hmm. does have a great kind of rocking groove to it, although it's a little it's a little more languid. Uh, like normally he would go in all guns blazing, stuff like uh, Delta or Command. His uh, his take on the tune from Commando. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a rocking he's a rocking guy on the on the Sid chip. So this one does rock, but it's just a little more like a little more loose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. So uh, I think this is a good time to mention that there is another podcast that uh, I am quite new to. Have you checked out um, Camouflage? Oh, I just saw. I I have downloaded the first English episode. Yeah, but I have not listened to it yet. Oh, it's really good, though. It's a really good show. Uh, so this is a project of Henrik Andersen, who I have seen uh, I've seen hanging around the VGM podcast fans group on Facebook, uh, which was started by Alex Messenger. Shout out, Alex Messenger. And uh, and Henrik has been running this, uh, this Commodore 64 music podcast for quite some time in, in Swedish, but recently he has started an English edition for... Uh, chumps like you and I to listen to in in English, which is very kind of him because uh, it's it's right up my alley. This stuff uh, he he kind of plays uh, a mixture of Sid tunes and also uh, remixes of Sid tunes. So uh, I think he was he was explaining. I don't want to spoil too much of it, of course, but he was explaining that he calls it camouflage because. It's uh, the remixes of Sid tunes are sort of Sid tunes in camouflage. If uh-huh. That makes sense, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. pretty clever name. But yes, uh, uh, this is the sort of this is the sort of uh, sweet Sid action you might uh, you might expect upon listening to camouflage. So, huh. I'm looking forward to it very much. Yeah, check it out. Uh, we're gonna stick with the Sid chip, if that's okay. Please. All right, I'm gonna drop a Sid tune in. So we we really are going back to back where. We're riffing on each other, aren't we? Spurring each other on. <laughs> it's, it was meant to be. I think so. I'm going to play uh, uh, a pretty recent Commodore 64 game in the grand scheme of things. This is uh, from Trance Sector, which was released in 2012. And uh, the track is... I don't have track titles, actually. Uh, the track I've got track five. Let's call it track five for now. And the composer is Richard Bayliss. Thank <laughs> you. 
some great stuff there. We just had another Sid tune from the game Trance Sector, released in 2012. Uh, that's track number five, composed by Richard Bayliss. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one, Dyad? Uh, it's a uh, very divergent from the from the last Sid track we heard, but it just shows the versatility of the sound chip and the different effects and you know samples you can pull from it to just kind of get these different sounds. And like I was saying when we were talking over the music a little bit, is it really reminds me of Happy Hardcore. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It does have that uh, kind of driving uh, bounce to it. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we have all manner of different uh, different alternative names for Happy Hardcore here, as you might expect, including sure. Bouncy Techno, and it does have a certain bounce to it. And uh, there's a kind of strain of Happy Hardcore uh, and Bouncy Techno called Machina, which is uh, like a Spanish word, like machine, you know, like machine mm-hmm. music. It does sound sort of mechanical as well, I think. Yeah, you could see that. I'll buy that. Yeah, right. So this uh, Transector is a, is a game in which you uh you're, i guess you're a kind of spaceship type thing uh you're flying around a grid um and you fly around this grid and you disarm these radioactive nuclear pods whilst dodging a variety of obstacles and enemies and the action is very fast it's a game of game of reflexes definitely uh and i, I do believe that complements uh, the musical style of Richard Bayliss in general, a lot of his, a lot of his Sid tunes do have this, uh, do have this techno sort of impetus behind it, like quite high mm-hmm. temp, quite high BPM, and um, you know, kick and hi hat off, off, offbeat type things going on. Uh, but Richard Bayliss, he also coded this game, Transsector. So we have a polymath right here. Nice. I his name sounds familiar. I meant to look up his other. The other things he's done because I, I, feel, I feel like I know the name. Mm. Do you know much of his work? Um, mostly his Sid stuff. Uh, um, I do know that he's he's made other games. Uh, Transsector is the one I'm most familiar with, and I think it was uh, that these the tracks in this soundtrack are quite representative of his style. So that's that's kind of why I went with it on this occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, so he's he's got his he's got his lane in C64 <laughs> music shall we say and he's very good at it so yeah he's it's like a single idea perfected maybe sure but it's a good song though it's it's not just bludgeoning you it does have some nice uh, uh, use of dynamics by way of the changing textures like sometimes he drops things out and uh, has a little bit of negative space so to speak did you hear that? yeah I, I'll agree with you and uh, you know it's one of the longer tracks that we're going to hear today, and it didn't it didn't feel it. It mm. had it had enough moving pieces, like you mentioned, that it it kept it fresh, and especially for a type of music that is kind of by its very nature repetitive, it did a good job of continuing down a path, presenting new things, yeah, it interesting. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, in, <laughs> in the spirit of doing new things. And keeping it interesting. How about uh, I, I'm just looking at my set list here, and it, it would appear that you have a bit of a a bit of a harsh left turn for your next track. <laughs> Is that fair? I'd say so. Yeah. What you got? Uh, this this comes from probably the 
most uh, well-known game that I'm picking from today, uh, the Super Nintendo title Jam It. It's composed by Dominique Wildiez and Dwight Stone, and this track is called You Don't Mess With Da Judge. You absolutely mustn't. You don't mess with Da Judge. All right, let's go into this one. Don't mess with that judge. You hear? <laughs> you understand me? I'm not sure if I heard the exclamation point oh, at sorry. the end. You might need to redo that one. Yeah, okay, go ahead, try it. Okay. You don't mess with the judge. Is that right? <laughs> uh, that'll do, yeah. That's okay. from Jamit on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And we're talking about a basketball game, is that right? That's right. Uh, it's a one-on-one streetball action <laughs> affair. <laughs> streetball, good. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I, I have not played this game, um, but I know that you are familiar with basketball, and uh, your earlier episode focused on licensed basketball games, and this ah, is a yeah. 
decidedly unlicensed affair. It's not very licensed at all, is it? No. Uh, no yeah, that show was no. uh, that show was NBA games, and mm-hmm. I feel like I just scratched the surface. I mean, there are so many NBA games uh, yeah. in, in yeah. history, so could revisit that topic. Uh, but this one, we've we've absentmindedly, I think, um, established another connection between our sets because this game, I understand. Oh, well, I've seen. It also makes use of digitized photos for the graphics, right? A bit like yeah. Street Fighter the movie. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. there you go. And also, this game was panned like Street Fighter the movie. Uh, <laughs> man, it's just the synergies firing all over the place tonight. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. Um, I watched uh, a very short YouTube clip of gameplay, and I decided it was not for me. But... There are uh, several... It's a short soundtrack, mostly equally ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, kind of orchestra hits and slap bass and titles are all, you know, in your face. It really... Really, Sonic the Hedgehog should be the mascot, mascot for this game because yeah. it is attitude and sunglasses and mohawks. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna extend that if you don't mind because um, you said attitude, but I think, I think there's so much attitude, right? I think it's transcended attitude, and we can just say it's tewed at this point. <laughs> so, you know, it's got uh, the apostrophe at the start. This is some serious tewed on the it soundtrack. Is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. the sampled orchestra hits, uh, the slap bass. It, it's, it is a bit of a uh, flagrant facsimile of hip hop, to be completely honest, but I still kind of, I mean, I was jamming to it. It's, it's charming, right? I, I lo- hey. I wouldn't have picked it if I didn't like it to a certain degree. It is silly, but I kind of like I listen to it and I'm I'm bopping my head, I'm moving around in my chair. As my daughter would say, it's got grooving. Oh yeah, it's grooving all right. In a toe jam and earl way sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Something like that. It's definitely jamming. Right. And it has a it has kind of a refreshing sincerity, even if it is kind of, you know, <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe the the tood is a little bit uh, posturing, but the, the the hits and the slap bass and everything else that's put together with a little bit of heart. Yeah, some organic tood, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, there's yeah. like a dichotomy of organic and synthetic tood at work here. Sure. All right. Thank you very much for bringing that to the table. That's uh, uh, just what the doctor ordered. Uh, how about I I drop my next pick? Does that sound okay? I look forward to it. Okay. Well, I'm I'm staying in the 16-bit era, and I'm going to the Sega Mega Drive or the Sega Genesis, as as you know it. And I'm going with one of my favorite Mega Drive games. In fact, one of my one of my favorite video games in general. Really, mm-hmm. uh, this is Urban Strike, the helicopter combat game, Urban Strike. Uh, sequel to Desert Strike and Jungle Strike. Urban Strike was released in 1994. And um, here's a fun fact. The title screen track uh, on this game was the first track ever to be heard on Forever Sound version, episode one. So, so this is nice. I'm getting to getting to play another track from one of my favorite games. Um, <laughs> this track is called Las Vegas Briefing, and it gets that name. Uh, because it plays in the briefing room as you're getting the instructions for your upcoming campaign before you play the uh, Las Vegas level uh, where you 
uh, you fly around Vegas attacking bases and military hardware that belong to uh, the antagonist of the game. Uh, and then after you've completed the air mission, you do a bit on foot. You storm a casino on foot, which is extremely cool. You run around with an assault rifle blowing up slot machines and things like that. It's, it's, uh, if you hate gambling, this is the game for you because you can just blow up all of this gambling paraphernalia. <laughs> it's, you're in your element, I swear. Uh, anyway, yes, extremely cool settings. Uh, I think the graphics are kind of muted, but quite nicely realised. Uh, let's get into the track. Uh, this is Campaign 6, Las Vegas Briefing. Uh, the composer is Don Vecca. We just had Campaign 6 Las Vegas Briefing from Urban Strike on the Sega Mega Drive. Composer was Don Vecca. What do you make of this one? I uh, This one grew on me. When I when I first heard it, when you sent me your, your picks for the show, I, I liked it. It's it like it, it's got a cool like it's got a, a bit of a yeah, a coolness to it. it it's mm. like kind of action movie cool. But I I went back and listened to it when we were getting closer to the show and I was like, oh, this is doing something that I just didn't really respect the first time through. 
um, uh, it, 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 it's more impressive to me after letting it marinate for a little bit oh, okay. and going back to listen to it. So do you still do you still feel the action movie trope? Because I think yes. it's still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Especially that kind of whining peel of like the, you know, the mountaintop guitar solo yes. with flowing black hair. Yeah, slash in front of the chapel or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um, if I'm not mistaken, what we're hearing there is the Mega Drive or Genesis's PSG chip being used. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, uh, from what I'm hearing, there are three voices on the PSG, and it's they're all working in tandem to produce a kind of chorusy effect. So it's comparable to what Yuzo Koshiro does in Streets of Rage, like in the in the in the intro theme on Streets of Rage and on Moon Beach as well. You know that track? Of course you do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, it just sounds really urgent to me. It's getting me. It's getting me pumped. Right. It's got a real do or die time sort of feel to it. Yeah, I I I totally get that. It's it's kind of pushing you and uh, yeah. Do or die is exactly the the right way to describe it. Yeah, and it's um this is uh the last briefing of the game actually, so uh the the game's final level starts immediately after you've cleared the casino bit, uh so it does feel pretty serious, as well as the the PSG thing. I just wanted to give a little mention to the drum fills at the cadential points. You know, this big crashing, yes, like, like Tom's but on steroids. Yeah, there. The who is the composer? Uh, Don Vecca. Uh, see, it's another name that I'm not. I don't have the recall to be able to pull like other soundtracks I've heard from him. But that he's got the chops that I feel like. I mu- surely I must know his other some of his other work because it's a well composed, uh, well composed song. Yeah, man, no doubt. Uh, I think. Uh, well, he. This is an electronic arts game uh, from the mm. early to mid '90s, and. He composed at least some of, possibly most of, possibly all of, uh, Road Rash 3. Ah, which okay. is a very, very rocking soundtrack. I, uh, I've been known to listen to that walking home from work, feeling like a, feeling like <laughs> a bad dude, a bad guy in my leather jacket, right? So he's a, a little bit like Rob Hubbard, who also worked at Electronic Arts, of course. He does have a, mm-hmm. does have a bit of a rocking streak to him, and I think he can... You can hear traces of that, at least traces yeah. of that in this tune. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I just wish there could have been some more, uh, like BGM during the missions themselves. The levels do sound a little bit bare. It's all just sound effects, so gunfire, yeah. explosions, the sound of the winch on the helicopter, which is these are all well-designed sounds. But uh, part of me would like to hear this tune as I'm flying around Vegas, causing trouble. But uh, that's just right. me. <laughs> have you played much of the Strike games? No, um, is it is it worth trying to go back and and uh, rediscover? Yeah, I, I would give it a shot. I think uh, perhaps of the original three, Jungle Strike is considered uh, the best, the less the uh, least fussy in terms of gameplay. Desert Strike's kind of notorious because of its controversial uh, setting. It's it's kind of the first Gulf War right. type thing. It's I mean, it's not yeah. exactly, but it's. Uh, it's borderline insensitive with how similar right. it was, but my favorite Urban Strike definitely. Uh, it's the action movie thing is like cranked up to eleven, as it were. Uh, there's like a variety of of uh, 
of vehicles you can move around. Yeah, Urban Strike's great. I would say maybe check that one out. Okay. Well, uh, through the wonders of emulation, I might just do that. Yes, of course. All right. I think uh, I think we have another uh, dyad pick. One more dyad pick. Is that right? That's right. Well, uh, I uh, I don't know that I've saved the best for last, but um, I've I've saved something for last. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from uh, the PC game Crusader No Remorse, composed by, and I'm going to certainly not say this name correctly, Dan Gardopay, okay. and Andrew Sega. This track is called Dimension 2012. is for the PC and uh, what was the track again Dimension 2012 Dimension 2012 yeah by Andrew Sega and we believe it's pronounced Daniel Godope Uh, yeah that was great yeah uh, this is as I was saying when we were listening to the track this is the only game that I actually played 
that we've picked from the episode. Uh, it was um, a friend of mine in elementary school. His name is Jackson, and he uh, he had a PC, and he he uh, kind of exposed me to a lot of my early PC games. Like he was the one who introduced me to the Warcraft franchise. Mm, okay. And I remember playing Crusader, No Remorse, and a handful of other PC classics. And uh, in another uh, feat of pilgrimage, you mentioned earlier the isometric game craze in the UK. (laughs) This is an isometric game, and so I thought it would be a perfect pick to bring to the table. We've done it again. Mm -hmm. Man, magic. Yeah. No, it is a great pick, and it's very ravey, which is what I'm into. Yeah, wanted to bring a little bit of a kind of a housey, uh, almost uh, not quite trance, but you know, kind of it has that, has that, uh, maybe is a little bit ahead of its time even feel to it since the game was out in the early '90s. Okay, yeah, it's um, it kind of reminds me of the sort of thing that uh, sort of music that'll be played at a club in Manchester called the Hacienda, like a really famous. Uh, nightclub it's no longer there uh it was uh very well known for for uh the music that at the time was called uh rave i guess uh and, mm-hmm. and s- some some various things like acid house stuff like that but this is this is ravey in the um all uh loved up sense a lot of people who have probably been taking all manner of drugs being <laughs> being very nice to each other and dancing to uh repetitive but quite melodic music this is a uh, this sort of tracks in that ballpark for me sure so what do you know about uh, uh the composers for this one uh well i um i i didn't find much on andrew sega but i did do a little bit of digging around on on dan gardope and apparently he's also known as dan grand prix and is also known as Basehead in the tracker community Basehead. um yeah, he's an American, which uh, hmm. com- combining the name and his prevalence in the tracking community is a little odd, hmm. but he's an electronic musician. He was in the music game production company Straylight, uh, Straylight Productions, I think is their official title, and he was active in the tracking community during the 90s. He was a member of a couple of groups, uh, Five Musicians and Cosmic Free Music Foundation. That's a cool name for a group. Yeah, it is. With a K, Cosmic. Oh, it gets better, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, he's packing on his own uh, brand of Tude. Yeah, he's got some Tudes, definitely. Yeah. Um, he's still active, apparently. Uh, since 2005, he's started working in-house at 2K Games, and he does reviews for Pitchfork Media. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if he's game reviews or music reviews or what he does for Pitchfork. I don't. I'm sure Pitchfork reviews all sorts of things at this point. But yeah, it kind of does. I do. Uh, I do drop in on that. I would say that the standard of Pitchfork has has increased a whole lot from uh, from their days of of horrible cryptic reviews of Radiohead albums. Uh, it's actually somewhat readable these days. So maybe I'll <laughs> check out some of his articles. See what kind of things he's into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, also he worked on the other games in the Crusader series too. So, if you like this, there's a whole whole another soundtrack with his work on it. Yeah, well, I do like this, so I'll be I'll be doing that, I think. And it's just uh, it's just cool to have some uh, 
some Amiga style music, some mod file type stuff on this yeah. episode. Yeah, because you're really good at fishing out these tracks. If you don't mind me saying, you are uh, on some of your episodes, you've picked some absolutely stunning uh, mod files uh, from games I hadn't heard of, and this is a uh, you're doing it again. So <laughs> thanks a lot for bringing this one. Well, this is one of the rare circumstances where I've actually played the game first. Um, yes. Normally, I just since <clears throat> I don't have the frame of reference for things like uh, any, either of the Commodore platforms um, or you know Spectrum, not, none of that. I don't have any exposure, so I just have to find anything that I can find and listen to it. And I have no expectations and no real guidance, so sometimes that ends up finding some uh, overlooked gems, maybe that I didn't realize were overlooked. I hear you. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about doing this VGM podcasting business for me, because I get the same experience from looking through uh, like PC98, yeah. uh, Sharp X68000. I, mean, I guess you probably do as well, right? Sure. Because uh, those systems weren't, just didn't exist in the West, really. Uh, so I'm, there's, there's a real abundance of soundtracks that... Uh, it'll take me probably my entire life to get through all of them. Should I, <laughs> should I realize that? Uh, so yeah, it's it, I completely understand. Uh, and I didn't own an Amiga myself, uh, and there were quite a few titles for that platform. So I'm, I'm discovering new Amiga songs also. And then yeah, though, especially with the Amiga, there's just like a huge library of titles. Absolutely. So. Uh, I think we're, we're just about done here, Dyad. Shocked, shocked as I am, you're right. Almost. So let's do a little bit of closing business. Uh, uh, I'm doing it off the dome here. So if you want to get in touch with me, say hello. You can uh, get in touch via email. Uh, foreversoundversion at gmail.com is the address. Uh, you can like this show on Facebook via facebook.com slash foreversoundversion. And you can also follow me on Twitter. The handle is FSV Podcast. Uh, the Dyad, is anything you'd like to mention? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at The Dyad. You can uh, find me on Facebook. Just search for The Dyad. You can find my, my show. Um, uh, for those of you out there who are interested in checking out the show and have not heard it before, I am. Uh, I stopped doing a scheduled uh, scheduled releases they're just coming out as completed and i haven't put out a new episode proper for myself but including this uh wonderful guest appearance i've had another guest appearance on another podcast that'll be launching soon the vg embassy with uh, ed wilson oh, yeah yeah looking forward to that yeah i have another uh i uh not disclosed yet vgm project that is completed that will be coming out on another third vgm podcast so i've got still putting stuff out there just i haven't had anything under my own feed in a while but come on check it out there's a year worth of episodes if you haven't heard the show before yeah do it i can vouch i can vouch for the quality of these shows (laughs) well too kind too kind (laughs) yeah uh, thanks again honestly uh i again i know you're uh you're super busy right now uh so uh it really isn't taken for granted it's been really great to have you on the show and i've had a great time it's uh oh, me too this is wonderful i've been looking forward to it for a long time uh, well i hope it's uh i hope it's lived up to lived up to your internal hype <laughs> it has it only makes me want more 
Well, let's do this again sometime. I think there's there's no reason why we shouldn't. This setup we have, I haven't edited this yet, of course, but uh, <laughs> it, it would appear that this setup works. So yeah, yeah, let's do this again. I'd love to. Okay, um, where am I going next? Yes, I'm not going very far because I am dropping another Amiga-style tune. Mm. Now, this time it's actually on the Amiga, though. Um, I'm going to play a tune from a game called A Prehistoric Tale uh, for the Commodore Amiga. I'm going to play the main theme. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Uh, the composer I have is uh, Jochen Hippel, or Jochen Hippel, and... This game is is not a game I've played. It's a fixed-screen 2D platformer, which is quite an old-school genre. Uh, there were quite a few games from the 8-bit home computers era that that worked in this genre, but this is a this is an Amiga title, and you play the role of a time traveler whose job it is to rescue dinosaur eggs from an unsafe environment so that they can have a chance to evolve into mammals, which is deeply weird, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Science doesn't check out on that one. No, I don't think so. But uh, that's what you do. So, yeah, let's uh, let's have a listen to uh, the sound of that activity. And it's uh, it's quite a long piece to end the show on. And it's uh, it's it's great. I, I mean, yes, this is this is the sort of thing that I imagine you'll uh, you'd be happy to jam on. Uh, you've heard this track before, haven't you? I have. Yeah, what do you think of it? I like it, and uh, it's uh, VGM music is uh, a lot like mullets. You gotta keep the Amigas in the back because they got the long flow. Party in the back, right? Exactly. Yes. No, I get that. All right, great. Uh, thanks once more, Dyad. Uh, been really tremendous to have you on the show, and uh, yeah, well, well, I guess I guess I'll be I'll be in touch about doing this again sometime. Great. All right. Cheers, everyone. All the best for now.